Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. I'll tell you this, I say it a lot up here and it's not original. It's been said by a lot of people a lot of times. If you'll treat everybody as though they're hurting, you're treating 95% of the people right. So that's all you got to do. That's how you figure it out. That's how you treat folks. Whether, whether you walk up on them, they got a big smile or they don't have a big smile. You can bet something's hurting in their life. They're going through some kind of storm. So don't y'all forget that. Don't forget that. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's the thing. When you sing, I'd rather, be, I'd go, rather go through something with him. Here's the thing. When somebody comes up to the altar, that's how you go through it with him when other Christians come around you and lay their hands on you and pray with you and pray for you. That's how you get the strength. I realize it's Sunday night. I realize it's Memorial Day weekend Sunday night. I also realize that I've got to chisel a little bit to get you excited about tonight. Uh, I can tell you, honestly, sitting there and praising the Lord, I was like, man, it is the, there's a spirit of heaviness here, and I don't know why. Because the last time I checked, folks, Jesus Christ saved my soul from the pits of hell. From the pits of hell. And, uh, and I am excited. No, listen, I get a chance to praise him. And I told the guys, uh, the deacons, and, and asked the guys, I said, guys, give me Father's Day night, Mother's Day night, and Easter night, and the rest of the nights, we're going to have church. Just give me those nights. We're going to have church. So anybody, I had several texts. Ryan, are we having church? I know they wanted me to say no, but I said, of course we're having church. Let's come on in there and let's, let's do our thing. But I'm glad they're having a good time, and I know they're spending time with their families, and I praise God for that. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know how many times we have to go before the Lord, how many times he has to get us out of stuff, how many times he has to help us and get us through before we're going to trust him. I've been alive almost 50 years, and I can tell you this, if that's the case, uh, he's gotten me up out of the bed uh, almost uh, 18,000 times. That means I've, I've, almost, I've gotten out of the bed. Every, I woke up. My eyes opened up. See, he said, you got a day. You got a day to do something with. That's, that's over 18,000 times he's, he's woken me up. And I praise God for that. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine how many meals he's provided for me over my lifetime. I mean, that's a lot of meals. I mean, figure 18,000 days. I mean, what we got there? What we got there, guys? 54,000 meals? Is that right? 54,000 meals he's provided for me. I probably ate a lot more meals than that. (laughs) Y'all know what? Hey, listen, listen. If God didn't want a midnight snack, he wouldn't put a light in the refrigerator. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. I got the light in the refrigerator. I sure do, so I praise God for that. I can can sneak in there and have me all I want. Amen? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But I'll tell you this. Think about this. In in your lifetime, your lifetime, your heart's going to beat about 3 billion times in the average lifetime. It's just going to keep beating. And it's funny how we won't trust him. It's funny how he can tell us something in his word and we just say, I don't know about all that. That sounds crazy. I don't think that can happen. Let me tell you something, guys. Let me tell you something. Let, let me just, I'm going to be an open book for just a second, and then I'm going to fly through. You said, Ryan, there's too many points for a Sunday night. I'll fly. I promise. All right. Here's what I believe. I, I told the staff this today, and I've told the deacons this. I said, guys, we're a different kind of church. We're a different kind of church. We're, and listen, I love every part of it. I love every part of it. 
But there's a, listen, out in this world and everything everybody expects and, and they were expecting, man, to have every need met. And man, if I come into that church, you, you got to have this and this. It's got to be in a package. It's got to be in a box. It's got to, look, just hand me the box. Everything's ready for me. Just like it ought to be. Everything's perfect. Let me tell you something, folks. We are, we are at ground level when it comes to that. God is doing some amazing stuff behind the scenes that we don't even get to see sometimes. And man, it's like, wow, you just wish you'd tell everybody God is up to something. But some of you will say, you know what, though, I just don't think, I don't think that can make it. I don't think they can make it. I don't think God, God has told me it will. God has told, I'm telling you, in my spirit, I'm just keep on rocking and rolling. Listen, and I think churches all around us that are following his word are about to see blossoms. I believe they're about to see growth. I believe they're about to see salvations. Don't you think that the pastors all around us are wanting to see exactly that? Or wanting to see revival break out amongst all the churches that believe in the word of God? Here's the thing though. Christians gotten to the point where if God were to say, guys, I'm telling you, this church, or if it was another church I was standing in, that that church was going to be overflowing with people in just a few years, and you say to yourself, oh my goodness, I don't know if I believe that, then what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to eventually get to it, is we're going to talk about the fact that God does not like it when you don't believe what he says. And you say, well, he's just disappointed. No, no, no. There were times in the Bible where he was playing out mad that you didn't believe what he had to tell you about a blessing he was sending you. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. I thank the Lord for Dollar Tree glasses. Amen? Luke chapter 1. There's quite a few verses. Y'all hang in there. It was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless, and they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled. Fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Thou shalt call his name John. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zechariah and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. You may be seated. Zechariah is doing his business. I mean, he's a priest, so he's in, he's in the temple, and he's doing his thing. And, 
And the next thing you know, here he is. He's a, he's a man of God. He's serving God. He's just one of many priests. He's doing his thing. And the next thing you know, suddenly appearing to him, well stricken in years he is, suddenly appearing to him is an angel of God, but not just any angel. This is Gabriel. And Gabriel gets sent for a special message he says, listen, Zacharias, you've been wanting this blessing. You've been wanting this. And finally, God has not only picked you, not only picked you for a blessing to have a child, but he's picked you to have John the Baptist. He's picked you to have John. That's a big deal, folks. He's been, this is going to, this is Jesus' cousin. They're going to grow up around each other, sort of. I mean, within, within a, you know, not a stone's throw, but very close to one another. They're going to know each other. I don't, we don't have any idea how those exchanges went as children, but I can tell you this. He says, he says, Zechariah, you're going to have a child. You and, you and your wife, Elizabeth, who's been wanting a child for so long. Here it is. It's John the Baptist, and I'm telling you, he's going to be a warrior preacher. Oh, he's going to be something else. He's going he's to go out and he's going to tell everybody to repent. He's going to baptize. He's going to be John the baptizer. He's going to baptize them in water. They're going to walk They're going to walk through life and they're going to say, listen, I know who John the Baptist is. People are going to know him on this side of the land. They're going to know him on that side of the land. But Zacharias, who is a priest of the living God, says, how in the world is this going to happen? Listen to me, friends. You got something you want from the Lord? Okay, I got you. But let me just talk in the sense of the church. I'm talking about the church as a whole, big C. Why won't the church believe that God wants to do a new work? Why won't the church believe that he wants to do something, not just a, a mighty and magnificent work of the cross, but he wants to work in individual churches and do amazing things. Here's the thing. He wants to answer some prayers in this room tonight. The problem is we keep saying, I don't understand how this could be. Now, think about this for a minute. We should know better. If anybody should know better, we should know better. We've seen things happen from nothing. We should know that God can do these things. We should believe that he can do these, if he can keep our heart beating, if he can give us these meals. Here, here's the first thing. Here's the first thing. I'm too unimportant. I mean, this is just a priest. You're sitting there, you're going, wait a second. What, what are you talking about? I'm going to have a son. We're old in years. I'm just a priest. I'm just a preacher in Thomaston. I'm just, a, I'm just a this, or I'm just a that, or I'm just a truck driver. I'm just a farmer. I'm just this. What do you mean? And God says, listen to me. I've told you and promised you all throughout Scripture that I can do this for you, and you doubting now is going to do nothing but make me mad. If I brought you through all of that, if I brought you to this part of your life, if you've lived this long, then you can bet I've got something for you. And it may not be a big fireworks show, but it might be something you're needing to get through. And it might be a miracle. He, needs to, he said, I'm too unimportant. I don't know. Look, and, and here's the thing. Zacharias, I mean, he asked a, a pretty good question. Here's Gabriel in front of him. This guy's probably, this guy's probably overpowering. He's probably la much larger than Zacharias. And he says, how can these things be? Now, listen, here's the key. Here's the key. And I, I've said this before. Zacharias gets punished. He says, because you didn't believe me, and, the, and you should know better. You're not going to be able to speak. Somebody say, I wonder why the churches aren't getting the message out like they used to. It's pretty clear. It's because they don't believe his word. They don't believe his promises. They believe Jesus died on the cross. They believe the gospel. They don't believe the promises of scripture. So it doesn't, if I don't believe, listen, I can tell somebody, if I go to talk to somebody, I can tell if you believe what you're saying. Steve can come up to me and he can say, Ryan, the roof's about to cave in. 
And I can say to myself, I can say, well, he ain't acting scared. Ain't nothing wrong with him. He's not nervous. He ain't sweating. He ain't doing any of that. He doesn't even believe what he's saying. But if Steve runs in and says, right, get out of here. The roof's about to fall in. We're running together. In fact, I'll outrun him. When the church, when nobody, when we hear a message from the church, Bobby, and we don't even believe what they're saying, we're saying, listen, you, you don't even act like you believe what you're saying. You say, oh, Jesus died on the cross for you. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, how, how desperate are you to see him saved? Don't you know what Jesus did? He sure saved my life. He did, he did some things for me. I, I'm so glad he did some things for me. Uh, he just, uh, I don't know, he got me out of that bill. I had to pay that light bill and all that. And I don't want what you got. I can pay my light bill. I work hard and pay my light bill. But if you go in there and you say it like you mean it, if you go in there and say, listen, I know what I was and I know what I am now. <laughs> I know what God's brought me through, man. You don't understand. I know what I was. You say, well, Ryan, I'd had that bad of a life. I've lived a pretty good life. But you know what you can do? You can go to him and say, let me tell you about a Lord that kept me safe for so many years. Let me tell you about that Lord that kept me safe, kept me out of all those dangers all those years. I can convince you. Listen, you may not believe what I believe, but when I'm done, you'll believe I believe what I believe. Here's the end of it, man. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let you know what I believe about Jesus Christ in the midst of this. But here he was. I'm too unimportant. And God says, why would you say that? The shepherds, he picked shepherds of all people, these dirty, these nasty, these awful shepherds. He picked them. He picked, he picked harlots, prostitutes. He picked them. He'd go in and say, I can use you. I can use you. He picks the, 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 the prideful preachers at times. He comes in, and there were times when, when, when they were, whether they were fishermen, he'd go in and, 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 and pick them to do the work, or he'd come in and say, he'd pick a prideful preacher. Speaking of that, was, man, one time he died, and he went to heaven, and he, he looked at St. Peter, he said, Peter, he said, uh, I want to know if I can get married in heaven. Peter said, hold on a second. Peter went away and it had been a month. Finally, he comes back to the man and says, you can get married. I found out you can get married. He said, uh, well, what about this? He said, I hate to bother you, Peter, but can you get a divorce? He said, listen here, man. It took me a month to find a preacher. You think I'm going to find a lawyer? <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway. But Zacharias was sitting there and he thought, I'm so unimportant. I'm just a priest. Why would he bring me John the Baptist? Why, why, would, he, why, would, he, why would he bring me a priest? How can this be? I'm too old for this. I'm too unimportant for this. Why would he pick me in the midst of this? Here's the next one. I'm too old. I heard, I heard a guy one time tell me, he said, Ryan, the doctor tells me to slow down more than the police do. I said, man, that's, that's something else. That's when you know you're getting old. But here's the thing, folks. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I know some 80-something-year-olds who act like teenagers. Now, can't quite move like them, but they act like them. I praise God for that. I praise God for that. Let me tell you, let me tell you a story, and I'm, I'm going to tell it on Bob Basket. I'm going to tell it on Bob Basket. I talked to you all about, about Bob. Bob. Bob is a work in progress. He's 87. He's 87. I love old Bob. Bob, the other day, he's learning things from Jesus even now. 
He sells watermelons. He came up to me the other day and he said, man, I'm bringing you a watermelon. And he came out here and he, he had sold a bunch of his watermelons. He had, one, he had about, I don't know, 10 big watermelons. He left about 13 here at the church one week. He was just, he bring them. He said, Ryan, he said, let me tell you something, man. He said, I gave a watermelon away. Listen to this now. He said, I gave a watermelon away. And the next thing you know, cars started flooding the place and I started selling watermelons like crazy. Nobody had been there all day. He said, wait a second. He said, okay. So he said, I gave another watermelon away. He said, more cars started coming. He said, Ryan, I've been hearing this all my life. He's 87. He said, I've been hearing this all my life. This giving works. He said, have a watermelon. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. 87, he's still, he said, I'm too old. I remember, I remember Dick and Sherry Curtis. They were in my Sunday school class. And, and I tell this story, but, but Sherry said, Sherry gave me the list that I told you all about. She gave me a list of 25 reasons why people don't serve in church. It, really, it was a list. I said, thank you, Sherry. And I just, I assumed that was it. I said, I, I assumed that was it. I knew she made blankets for folks and everything she was making. But here, here's the thing, here's the thing. Within six months, she was serving in the nursery. She was serving in Awana. She was serving in our kitchen. She was cleaning up. She was, look, look, she, she said, I'm going to find a way to serve. I'm going to find a way to serve. God, God's done a work in me. And she came to me. She said, God's, God's done a work inside of me. And here's the thing we'll say. We'll say, we're too old. I don't know why. And then Zechariah says, I'm too old for all of this. Hey, li listen, and the older I get, the earlier it gets late. I mean, 530, I'm like, man, it's getting late. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me carefully. This is an excuse he used. God says that is not enough. You cannot use that excuse anymore too tall. Hey, this morning, this is, the, this is the truth. I wish William were sitting over here, but William Hurd came up to me. This is in Sunday school. William Hurd walked up to me. How many of you were in Sunday school this morning? Okay, yeah, we got, we got a crew of you in here. He walked up to me. He wanted to show me his new truck. He walked up to me. And he was leaning back. You know a man's being cocky when he's leaning back. He's leaning back like this. He said, Ryan. He said, I'm too tall, too tan, too good looking, to too rich. Come out and see my truck. That's exactly what he said. He knows I like nice trucks. Walked out there, it was a Denali. It was a, it was a used Denali. He got talking about, well, you know, hey, I said, I said, I'm going to borrow it. He said, you're going to borrow it? I said, yeah, I'm going to borrow it. I'm going I'm to take Amy out in that Denali. I said, but we're going to go mud bogging in your Denali. <laughs> He said, you ain't borrowing it then. Amen? But listen to me. We said, oh, I'm too old. And that's exactly what Zechariah was saying. Abraham said the same thing. Zechariah, Sarah laughed at God. And God said, why is Sarah laughing? Sarah said, oh, I'm not laughing. I, I, I'm not laughing. He said, oh, yes, she was laughing. Why do we keep laughing at what God wants to do in the middle of our life? Here, here's another thing. Here's another thing. I'm too, I'm too uneducated. So I say, I don't know enough. When it comes to witnessing, oh my goodness, somebody coming to me and said, Ryan, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know enough to witness. If, if I come in there and they go ask me all these questions, I said, the only thing you've got to remember is what he did for you. They said, how old is the earth? Who cares? Who cares? There's a heaven, there's a hell. I'm on the way to heaven. This is why I'm on the way to heaven. Oh, yeah, but tell me this. What, what, who, was, who was Cain's wife? And how many people were on the, man, you're in the wrong book, man. Let's go, to, let's go to Jesus. You can figure all that stuff out. You can, but that's not the point. They're just trying to distract you. 
Praise God, get them and say, listen, I want to do this for you. I want to tell you about Jesus. I'm too uneducated. I can't do it. I remember my papa, he had a, he had a third grade education. He was the smartest man I knew. He knew how to do anything. He was a union electrician. He, he, listen, listen, he'd go in there, man. He could fix anything in there. We could, we could fix anything in the house. He could go through his house. He could, listen, no need to worry about that. I'll fix it. Yes, he did not run the air conditioner, but he did fix all the electricity. He was a good man. Third grade education. You know what they tell us about millionaires? Most millionaires were average students. Not the straight A students. Most millionaires were average because they had to work and they had to work hard. And they said, listen, I'm going to do whatever I got to do. I'm going to do, do whatever I have to say. I'm too uneducated, God. I don't know if you can use me or not. Folks, that wisdom that's inside of them, the wisdom that's inside of a person to decide, I'm going I'm to do this for God no matter what. doesn't matter how you're educated. That's the one thing. When I came to this church, I, was start, I started telling them, look, I, go to this, I went to this seminary. I, I did this. Here's some CDs. Here's some this and this. They said, do you preach the word? I said, yeah, I preach the word. I said, that's all we care about. We don't care how many degrees you got. We don't care about all that stuff. What we care about is do you love the Lord or do you have the wisdom of the Lord in you? Listen to what the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that they had been with Jesus. What's going to change the world is not more degrees and not more knowledge and all these different things. What's going to change the world is when they can look at you and recognize you've been in the room with Jesus. When they can recognize that you just walk in, they say, there's something different about that woman. There's something different about that man. There's something different about him. And listen, if you walk in all fuddied up with your lip poking out, they don't want what you got. I don't want it. Somebody, you talk about catchy. That's contagious. It happens in a room like this where everybody loves the Lord. And it happens in a choir. You start feeling it. Everybody's happy, clappy with one song. They don't like the next one. The lips poking out. I don't like that one. They could have chosen a better one. It ain't about you. It's about Jesus. Praise God. Say, I'm, un I'm too uneducated. Folks, why can't we rely on the wisdom of people? The wisdom of God to work through the wisdom of people and to help everybody. Stop worried about education. God can't use me. Let me tell you something, guys. Speaking of wisdom, there were some girls one time that were, they go into the bathroom, they put their makeup on in the bathroom at school. They put their lipstick on and then they would kiss the mirror. And so there was lipstick all over it. And they had to do every day, every single day, the janitor was in there having to clean it, having to clean it, having to clean it. Finally, the principal, she said, I've got a solution to this. She brought them all in and she brought the girls in there. And she said, guys, I, I just want to tell you, this is tough on these janitors every single day. We've asked you to stop and you won't stop. You won't stop. So I'm going to show you how hard it is for the janitor to clean these mirrors. So the janitor went over with a squeegee, stuck it in the toilet, walked right over there, <laughs> wiped the mirror down. They never had any more trouble. Wisdom. Wisdom. They're teachers and then they're educators, amen? <laughs> but here's the thing, folks. Zechariah said, 
There's no way you can use me. I don't get it. I don't know why you would try. I'm uneducated. I don't know. What, and look, they saw Peter. They saw Peter, and they said, there's something about Peter. They saw John, and they said, these guys haven't been to seminary. These guys haven't gotten their degree. What are they doing behind a pulpit? They don't know what they're doing. Oh, my goodness. But they said, but there's something about them. There's something about the way they walk in a room. There's something about the way they grab my hand. There's something about the way they say I can be healed. There's something about the way they say I can make it through. There's something about the way they say I can climb this mountain. There's something about the way they say I can get through this with the help of God. Oh, I know these people have been with Jesus. Oh, but here's the next thing. I'm too careful. See, Zechariah was a priest, and he knew he had to go out, and he had to speak to the people. Whatever this was said in here, he'd have to walk out of there, and he'd have to tell the people, this is what's been proclaimed. The reason churches will stay dead or the reason churches will be alive is dependent on whether or not they're too careful. It's okay to be careful. But God's sitting there saying, listen, will you take a risk? Will you, will you reach out? Listen, I, I can't imagine John the Baptist he, just, being, just being saying, oh, listen, we can't say that to those people. We can't tell them they're sinners. We can't tell them they're lost. We can't tell them that John the Baptist said, I'm going to eat locusts. I'm going to eat wild honey. I'm going to wear camel's hair. I'm going to look as crazy as I possibly can. Not because he was trying to be something or be out there where people saw him. He said, because none of this stuff matters. Food doesn't matter. Clothing doesn't matter. All that matters is I reach enough people and I'm, I'm willing to risk it. I'm willing to risk what people say about me. Stretching is dangerous, folks. But we keep making excuses. Zechariah says, we can't do that. There's no way my wife can have a child. Come on, Gabriel, you got to be kidding me. Look how old we are. We're just ordinary. I'm just a priest is all I am. Elizabeth, she's, she's, she's an old woman. There's no chance that we could do anything. Oh, my goodness, guys, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It's, it's exciting and scary at the same time. Do you know that at Mountain View, and that's true of a lot of churches, it's true of a lot of churches, at Mountain View, we have kids running like crazy. You know what we wanted to do this morning? This morning, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring the children in. And I wanted to come in, and I wanted to march through here and go, we need teachers. We need teachers. Problem is, there were so many kids and not enough teachers, you were going to say, I ain't going to that. I ain't going to go help them. We got so much that needs to be done. We got so many places we need to plug in. And Brother Jim over here with Sunday school and little children and, and helping little children. I promise you this, if somebody would just jump in, they're like, no, no, no. I'm going to be somewhere where it's every, everybody hands it to me. No, no, no. God's saying, I want to use you. You say, yeah, but I, I don't know. He says, I'll take you through it. I'll make something out of you. I'll help you through it. You say, yes, but I'm too old. I'm too tall. I'm too thin. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too this. I'm too that. And God says, just shut up. That's what he told Zacharias. I'm not telling anybody in here to shut up. That's what God said. God said, I'm sick of the excuses. Hey, one excuse can take away a hundred opportunities. One excuse to take away a hundred opportunities. He says, listen, I, I'm too careful. I'm too careful. A hundred options with failure isn't one of them. Folks, I'm too careful. Listen, if I'm too careful to laugh because I'm risk looking like a fool. I don't want to weep because I appear weak. I don't want to reach out to somebody because it risks involvement. How many times has somebody come to this church? It happens to me just like it happens to you. Somebody come to this church and they'll say, Ryan, somebody's out there. 
Somebody's out there and they're, they're, they're on drugs. I can tell they're on drugs, but they won't help. Ten minutes before church starts. First thing I want to do is find five people to go find them. We run out there, we go, but how many times, but how many times have I thought to myself, oh my goodness gracious, I got to get busy. I got to do this. I got to do that. And God says, I got something for you. I'm not equipped for this, Lord. I'm not equipped for that. I'm, I'm spiritual warfare. You just say, I'm not equipped. I'm not equipped. I'm not equipped. And you go to person to person to person. Guys, I'm preaching in 10 minutes. You go, out, go to person to person. I'm not going out there. And there's probably two or three that I know that if I go to them, they're going to say, my goodness, I'm going. I hate to go to them every time, but those are the two or three I can go to. I said, guys, guys, we got to we gotta talk to them, see what's next, see what we can do. Many times they just walk off because they're so high or they don't want to do what you've asked them to do. But I don't want to reach out because it risks involvement. It means I've got to be involved. It means I've got to, I mean, they might call me. They might, they might want me to help them. They might want me to pick them up. They might want me to do that. I'm just too careful. I don't want to expose my feelings because it shows my true self. I don't, want to, I don't want to show people my dreams because re- people will ridicule them. To love is to risk not having that love returned. To live is to risk dying. To hope is to risk disappointment. To try is to risk failure. And here's the thing. The hazard in life is to risk nothing. Because I can promise you this. The person who risks nothing will do nothing. You won't accomplish squat. You'll be at the end of your life and saying, man, I wish I would have. Instead of, man, I'm glad I did. People look at me sometimes and I ask them something and they'll say, no, 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 no. Until it's too late. And I don't mind it being too late. Sammy, I don't mind saying, uh, you know, you had, I tried. I tried. I thank God for willing I, I, listen, listen, Will and Cassidy back here teaching this class, them saying we'll do it. The people who are stepping forward wanting to, wanting to, wanting to help with these young adults and, and wanting to position the young adult pastor and stuff, the interviews, all this. I, I'm thankful for all that. I am, but I'm telling you there are some people you can look at and you talk to and all this, and people just stand in the way and say, no, nah, it's not for me. I'm not to help. I'm telling you, folks, if we don't get to our children, this world is going to get to our children. I say, Ryan, you sure preach a lot on that. Well, ain't nothing changed. You want me to shut up? We got to do some changing. Here's another thing. I'm too realistic. Come on, guys. Zechariah is just being realistic. He's looking at it. He says, okay, I get it. Now think about this. Zechariah says, oh, my goodness gracious. Zechariah says this, he gets shut up. Mary says the same thing to Gabriel. She says, how could these things be? And Gabriel just explains it. Why? Because Zechariah knew better. He was a priest. He knew the word backwards and forward. He knew how God could. Mary knew the word. Don't get me wrong. She knew the word, but not like him. He was held at a higher standard. You say, oh my goodness, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I know the word too. That means you're held at a higher standard. And God says, here are my promises. But he was too realistic. He was like, well, this is what we can do because this is what we got. I'm telling you, God is looking for men and women who say, let's go do it. Let's make this happen. Always looking at numbers. Always seeing why not. 
Always saying it can't be done. Always deliberating. Always talking. Always saying something's dumb. Always saying that won't work. Do you want to be, listen, do you, do you want to be the one that makes God yawn? I don't. Lord, thank you for the food in front of us. Thank you for the nourishing our bodies. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you for my family. Amen. Or, Lord God, I've got a brother that needs you. He needs to be saved. I need you to save him. But you need to save him miraculously. I just want you to reach down. I want you to reach down tonight while he's, while he's sitting there, while you're watching television. I want him to call me. I want him to be saved. Or maybe my cousin or my uncle or my niece needs this. Or maybe we say, oh, listen, I want ministry to grow. I want revival to come. I want all these things to come. He's looking for men and women, boys and girls who will say, I'm not going to be realistic. He's not looking for realistic. He's looking for those who will look to Scripture and say, this can. And be done and right here in the middle of this listen to this where I want to be with God is this Jesus walks up to a centurion and a centurion says you don't even have to come to my house all you got to do is say the word this is a Roman all the disciples hated the Romans he says, all you got to do is say the word. I can run back and, and he'll be, he'll, my, my servant will be all right. Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be something? Somebody's going to do this. Somebody's going to have this kind of faith in this room. Wouldn't it be something if you went to God and asked him something where he didn't yawn, but he looked over at the angels and he said, I've not seen faith like that in Thomaston. Make it happen. I've not seen someone believe like that woman believes. I've not seen someone believe like that man believes in all of Thomaston. I haven't seen it. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. But folks, I get too realistic. But folks, your life, your life in God's hands. Let me tell you the story of a book that was written. It was a book called John Ingersoll. Real quick, John Ingersoll. It didn't sell but 100 copies and 60 of them were bought by the author. But here's the thing. The prime minister of Great Britain was having his picture taken. And the book happened to be in his office for some strange reason. He hadn't even read it. And he was going to get, he was going to get his picture made, but they, they said, make it look natural. Act like you're reading a book. So he opens it up and they get the picture made. And suddenly that picture is everywhere. And it's the prime minister reading this book. And suddenly you can't get it, you can't get enough of the book. Suddenly there's print after print after print after print after print after print. It's selling like crazy because the prime minister is reading the book. We ought to read the book. But here's the thing, folks. I'm worthless. I'm a worthless old book. I really am until I'm in the hands of God. And then when I'm in the hands of God, then he, hey, then he can use me for something. But we say, oh, I'm too realistic. I'm too realistic. Oh, would you just please get the calculator out? Would you get the slide rule out? Would you get the computer out? Somebody's going to stand up one day and say, let's do it. Here's the thing. We should know better. He's too holy to tolerate this. Let me explain. It's my last point. 
here's a priest, and he says, ain't no way. And God says, okay, fine. You can't talk. And you won't talk to your boys born. Let me tell you what God does worse than that. When you say no, he says, fine, I'll use somebody else. Mountain View, let me tell you something. Individually and as a church, when God tells you to do something and you say no, that's fine. He may discipline you because you're his child, and that may be ugly, but he's going to move on. Chetty's going to find somebody else, ain't he? And if Mountain View doesn't do what God says, I don't have any kind of revelation that I'm working on. I, I, there's none of that. But if God, if God, Mountain View doesn't do what God says, he said, that's fine. I know a church that will. I know a church that will believe beyond anything ever. Hey, somebody's going to say, somebody's going to say, we can do it. And when he says we can do it, things are going to change. Some woman's going to say we can do it, and things are going to change. Some, he's wanting to use another Mary. He's wanting to use another Zechariah. He's wanting to use another Elijah. He's wanting to use another fisherman. He's wanting to use another harlot. He's wanting to use another, he's wanting to use anybody, another farmer, another truck driver. He's wanting to use you, another builder, another teacher, another principal, another homemaker, another somebody that's at home right now, somebody retired. He wants to use you. But I wonder, I wonder. And listen, listen, you say, Ryan, is this all about children's ministry? No, 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 no. It's about what you've dreamed for God. What has God asked you to do? And what have you told him you can't do? Because if there's anybody that knows you can, it's Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we love you and we praise you and thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. And God, I pray, Heavenly Father, that I won't make excuses. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that they'll have to rein me in, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that I'll always dream. And that I'll always dream big. I don't care how big they are, Lord. You just, you just let me do it, God. I promise you I'll try. I can't promise anything beyond that, but I'll try, God. Your power, with your power, God, I'll keep dreaming. Put a dream in everybody's heart, Lord, in this room. Put a dream to bring unbelievers into our church. Oh, Lord, not, not just believers to come visit, Lord. Bring unbelievers into our church, God. Save their souls. Help them. Love them. Help us to believe you can do mighty things. Help us to toss realism back into the trash. Help us to be, help us to dream with you, God. Help us to put away all those things that keep us from doing mighty things for you and help us to live for you, God. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that there was a day, there was a day when Zechariah spoke again, and he gave you nothing but praise. He named him John, Lord, because he knew what he was supposed to name him, but then he gave you praise, and he raised one of the greatest prophets of all time. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for all you've done in our lives. I thank you for all you've done at Mountain View. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. As we stand and sing. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.